At a time when investors are confronted with market volatility and a variety of challenges fueled by the uncertainty of inflation, unsettled geopolitical tensions, and economic pressures, Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. This is Invest Talk, independent thinking, shared success. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Financial President, Financial Advisor, Steve Peasley. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, May 19, 2023. I'm Steve Peasley. I'm here today on the radio program and podcast to help you make the most of your portfolio strategy and decisions. And of course, I'm always pretty careful, Justin and I are pretty careful about giving you straight and unbiased answers. We do our best to do that. Um, also, we have no hidden agenda. We never have. Uh, we don't. We do this radio show for informational purposes only to give you information that you want, and you know the information we think you need that we provide. But you ask the, how we do that is you ask the questions and we answer them, and therefore we know those that's the information you want. Now. When we do it over the air, it you know we can't do any in-depth analysis because it's just impossible in a few minutes we have to answer a question. But we will give you facts, that's for sure. Okay? You can call and ask any question you want. We're live right now, 4 to 5 Pacific Time, Monday through Friday. Our toll-free number is 888-99-CHART. My focus point today looks at the story behind what's the difference between risk tolerance and risk capacity? Risk tolerance and risk capacity. Allying the, these concepts, it's you know, can be pretty important when you're talking about a portfolio. And you, when we get into it, you'll understand what I'm saying. Risk capacity to risk tolerance. You know, the risk of the market is different than the risk that you might be able to absorb. You know, so or that you want to take. So you got to we got to figure that out. Time permitting, I'll also uh, do some uh, topics uh, that I brought up. Uh, Powell today said that interest rate movement will be based from meeting to meeting. In other words, he kind of backed off raising rates, which was the hint before, and kind of said, well, it depends on every meeting and what the stats are and what, what we're going to do. So I, I want to talk about that a little bit. Uh, travel demand remains strong and there's a couple of a uh, couple of very important or influential uh, uh, people in the industry that are saying that so we'll talk about that and uh, Warren Buffett's 10 top 10 holdings I thought I'd share them with you the top 10 holdings he has um, and one of them he has 46 percent of his portfolio 46 percent of his portfolio that's huge. Can you guess which one? And finally, if we get to it, if we have time, could small stocks be attractive? Could they be at attractive values right now? Goldman Sachs and Bank of America have opinions on those things. So let's talk about that too, if we can. Okay. Um, the market did okay today. It was down. 
Hold on, I'll pull it up for you. Um, you know, the market, uh, the Dow was down 109, and the Nasdaq was down 31. That's about a third for the Dow, 30% for the Dow, and about a quarter percent for the NASDAQ. And the S&P was down six, which is a tenth, a 15, 15th of a percent. Not much. So there wasn't really a lot of uh, activity one way or another. So that's what the market was doing today. Let's go ahead and go right to our first uh, uh, voicemail, okay? Hi, Stephen Justin. This is James from New York. I have a question about PayPal, P-Y-C-L. It's been getting hit pretty hard the past week, and I'm wondering if it, now it's time to get into the stock. I know the new user growth has declined, and a lot of people are saying that this cannot be valued as a growth stock anymore, and the valuation is too high as for growth stock because it's not growing. Just wondering what your thoughts are on the stock and long-term outlook of the stock. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Well, it looks, uh, PayPal took a dive yesterday and didn't do much today. It was down again a little bit today. Uh, provides PayPal, P-Y-P-L, provides digital and mobile payments on behalf of consumers and merchandises, merchants, merchants worldwide. A $68 billion company, so it's very large. And they're still growing their sales. Sales grew in the most recent quarter, um, and that was the March quarter of this year, 9%. And it's been growing between 9 and 17% or so every quarter for the last two years. So it's still growing. And what I find interesting is the, the PE range for the high five-year PE range is 14 to 79. And right now it's at 14 or so. And meanwhile, earnings are going from 2022, $4.13 a share. 2023, it's going to be up 20% to $4.95 a share. And the estimate for next year is $5.70 a share, up another 15%. And it's a $60 stock. So you're looking at a 12 PE going forward. And the range for the last five years is 14 to 79. So it seems like a pretty good bargain to me. Uh, return equity is 23%. They don't have a lot of debt. Management owns 1%. Mutual funds are, I would say, steady. They're not buyers or sellers on the mutual funds. Funds own 38% of the company, which is not huge. It's a good good position. So the question is, is how low is low? You know, uh, might be because of the worry about the economic cycle, and it is, you know, remember how they make money, They digital payments, mobile payments, and how much competition is in that area. So, but they're pretty dominant. I kind of like the value. I think it's a very good value at this point. We're going to be do, take a quick break here, please, if we don't mind. And remember that you can call anytime and leave your questions on our Invest Talk Voice Bank. Or if you're listening via live stream or on AM 1220 in San Francisco, the San Francisco Bay Area, you can call right now, 888-99-CHART. When listener questions are played on the Invest Talk podcast, how do you guys determine a value stock? The caller voices are amplified many thousands of times. Just wanted to get your opinion on 
JP Morgan and BAC. How do you see this uh, looking forward? I'm 25 years old and have a question about retirement funds. And the unbiased answers from Justin Klein. That's why it's trading so cheap because there's a lot of regulatory risk. Here. And Steve Peasley. I, I kind of like it here. If I was going to buy Tyson Food, this is where I'd buy it. Benefit the entire Invest Talk community. Thank you for what you guys do. That's why 24 7, rain or shine, no matter how simple or how complex, your questions make a difference. Symbol BKE, what's your outlook? And Invest Talk is made better by the power of you. So don't forget to call 888 99 Chart. Everybody wants a secure financial future, but getting there takes strategy, discipline, and the right information. That means you'll have finance and investment questions. Steve Peasley is ready to provide his unbiased answers. So don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Justin Steve. I am interested in the stock Energy Transfer, ET. Uh, it's been hovering around that, uh, that 1240, 1250 range. Seems to have good, uh, earnings per share, about a dollar fifty-five, about a 10 PE, yielding about a little over 9% dividend. Would be strictly a dividend play. Wanted to see what you guys thought about this being a sort of a buy and hold dividend portfolio stock. Looking forward to hearing your answer. Thanks a lot. Well, it's a pretty volatile stock. But it is a good dividend payer. Uh, energy transfer engaged in a natural gas midstream liquid transportation storage business in the United States. The reason why it's so volatile, I mean, 2020, they lost 24 cents a share. And then 21, they made a dollar eighty nine, and then a dollar forty in 2022. They're estimated dollar forty seven this year and dollar fifty one next year. That's the estimates. So twelve dollars and seventy six cents stock it pays nine point six percent dividend. That's what it did pay. But remember, when, you, when you're looking at this, they're looking back at what the dividend was paid for the last 12 months, okay? So they're not looking forward. They don't know what the dividend's going to be. They just know that that's what it's been, and they're assuming you're, you can assume that they should keep that up. And they do make enough money to make that dividend payment. I mean, if it's 10%, it's a dollar twenty-seven. And they're going to make a dollar forty-seven this year and dollar fifty-one. So they could make that payment if they wish to, okay, uh, at that percent, percentage rate. But they're not known for having a very steady dividend. In other words, always being the same dividend amount every quarter and, and steadily increase it. These uh, energy transfers, uh, natural gas, liquid transportation, and storage businesses kind of vary depending on the underlying value of the the liquids they're transporting. So it's difficult to know if it's going to stay that way. But, you know, the PE range is 3 to 15, and we're looking at an 8 PE or so going forward. So, you know, that's not that cheap, but it certainly pays a nice dividend. And I think the dividend will be high. I don't know if it'll be nine percent, but you know it is a good dividend play. Cash flow is two dollars and eighty-eight cents, which is strong. Management owns twelve percent, which is great. But mutual funds have been selling off slowly in the last year. I'm not sure why. So that's uh, ET Energy Transfer, everybody. 
Um, okay, my focus point looks at the story behind what's the difference between risk tolerance and risk capacity. Now, you've got to align these two concepts with your portfolio. And, you know, they give an example, which I think is a pretty good example of what's risk tolerance and risk uh, risk uh, 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 capacity. For instance, the example they gave is, you know, a very young person in their early 20s starting a new job and she doesn't want to, she, she, she wants to be more careful because she heard her parents talk about how the stock collapsed in the COVID years and blah, blah, blah. So she's worried and she's 23 and so she buys a very conservative fund versus a someone in their mid-30s say have a family and is saving up for a house and they want to buy and, and they would buy a, they decided that the market's stable enough but they want to buy a foreign fund see those you know a 23 year old should be taking high risk because they got so many years and the market over time returns on average nine percent and she's not taking that risk and she she should have much more risk tolerance than she's she's just demonstrating, whereas the people are 30-some with have an intention to have the money ready to help buy a house in two or three years, maybe you shouldn't be in the market at all because you can't take risks with that money because it's a house money you want to buy. It's got to be there. What if the market gets cut in half in the next two or three years? We don't know. No one knows. So the risk tolerance and risk capacity means, well, you, you, have, you can take a lot of risk if you have a long time horizon. You should take a lot of risk in the market. If your time horizon for the money you're investing is short, then don't take risk, no matter how much, how comfortable you are with it. You've got to judge the risk of the of the investments that you're investing in, and what's the possibility? Stocks are volatile. Stocks are risky. They're inherently risky. You have to understand that. I don't care what quality of stock you have. They're inherently risky. Look at the history of stocks during down periods, especially tech stocks. They get crushed during down periods. Then on during up periods, they skyrocket. That's very risky. Now, can you make a lot of money? Sure. As long as you stay in the market and have a time rising, you know, that's fine. But maybe you don't have that kind of time horizon. See, that's what you mean by, well, what's your risk tolerance? How much risk can you take and how much risk should you take? You know, so you need to, if you can't figure that out, you need to talk to a money manager who can help you with that. You know, uh, and, and they all do. We all do. Don't think it's something unique. No, we all do. We all talk to the clients, try to figure out how much risk they should take and can take and, you know, advise them thusly, you know. That's why we have a KPP. We have different programs for different risk tolerances because everybody's different. Okay? We're headed into a break, everybody. I welcome your finance and investment questions now. No question is too simple or too complex, so make sure you ask them. It's okay. You know, if you have a very simple question, a lot of people probably have that same question. So remember, you get to set the agenda. So give me a call, 888-99-CHART. Invest Talk is all about above average investing for the average investor. And the question is during a market downturn, 
do dividends stay fairly steady? Um, I wanted to see if you thought that that was a safer place to park the money for long term. Just kind of wondering if this stock is a value trap. What's your question? You're the best person to ask it. 888-99-CHART. your financial future, but you must have finance and investment questions. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley are ready to provide their unbiased answers. So don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. And of course, you know it's Friday, and I generally take time to do a quick rundown on the benchmark numbers. So the two-year Treasury yield, 4.26%, 4.26%. 10-year, 3.68. So still an inverted yield curve. It's been that way for probably over a year now or close to a year. That's, uh, that's not good. It's not normal. That's the odd thing. It's not normal, and it's been a long time that it's been normal. About 73 weeks ago, the two-year... Now, 73 weeks, so it was a year and a half about. Uh, the two-year was tra- was was uh, yielding 0.64. Now, it's 4.26. 4% from less than the two-thirds of a, of a percent. The 10-year, you, know, se- you know, 70 weeks ago was 1.7. Now, it's 3.6. And that's, of course, all because of the Fed raising uh, overnight rate, and that's caused this inversion uh, and you know it's it's abnormal i mean i, I it, whenever there's been an inversion there's always been a recession that followed now the question is, is we don't know how soon it will follow and this has been quite some time now you could argue people could argue with me that we did have a recession last year because there was two quarters in a row where the gdp shrunk and then it started growing again. And since then, we've had a positive GDP. Um, we'll see how it goes this year. Um, more people, I, in my readings, more and more people, more and more experts are predicting, you know, a tougher economic environment. So, um, but still, the numbers look pretty healthy. But I do see they're weakening, too. So, we'll see. So, I I pay attention to the yield curve, the, the two and ten years. You know, I think it's important. Uh, it's a little bit odd, this situation, because the Federal Reserve made it odd. They made it odd by making the rates to lower them to zero, uh, which is very unusual, unheard of. And now it's odd because in a year or so, they've raised them, what, seven times? getting them back to a more normal uh, overnight rate. But remember, the Fed only controls the overnight rate. It doesn't control the yields on the 10-year, the 2-year, the mortgage rate. They don't control any of that. They only control the rate of the money they lend to banks, the overnight rate. That's what that's called. The money they lend, the Federal Reserve lends to banks. The banks take that money and lend it to you and I. And, of course, look at the profit spread. For them, because, you know, a mortgage is, what, 6% now? And they're borrowing money from the Fed, if they do, uh, you know, at, you know, 5. So, you know, 4.75 to 5. 
So, you know, that's how the banks make their money. Their spread, you know, it's getting a little bit tight. Remember, when it was zero, they were lending mortgage rates at what? Two and a half, three percent for a 30-year fixed. So just remember that the Federal Reserve does not control interest rates. It only controls the overnight rate, and that influences all the other rates. Okay? Gold. Gold is 1986. Had a big update today. It was 1995 uh, last week, five weeks ago. It was seven weeks ago. It was 1970. So it's been kind of, I mean, you go all the way back, what, 45 weeks ago? It was 1809. And, you know, even further back, 54 weeks ago, it was 1911. Now it's 1986. So in a year, it's done very, very little. It's gone up just a little. And silver is the same way. So nothing different about that. Uh, so, I don't know. It's not, you know, silver is what, $25 and one cent? It was $25 and 22 cents a month or so ago. Gasoline, oil. Oil uh, is selling for $71.37 per barrel. Three weeks ago, it was 75 uh, uh, Let's see. Eight weeks ago, it was 67 uh, You go back a year, and it was 113 so much less than a year ago. So why is gasoline so expensive? National average for a gallon of gasoline is three dollars sixty-two cents. I think that's pretty high for oil being, you know, in the seventy-five dollar area. In California, we're four dollars and seventy-nine cents a gallon. That's the average. Uh, three weeks ago it was four dollars and eighty-eight cents. Um, you know, a year ago it was four dollars and seventy-nine cents. So, now, if you want some comparison, go to Wyoming, $3.39. I was in Texas, and I saw it at $3.19. This was, what, a week and a half ago. $3.19 a gallon in Texas. No wonder everybody's moving to Texas. So much cheaper there. You probably noticed that Justin and I are very happy about having surpassed 52.5 million in podcast downloads. The more people that learn about InvestTalk, the better it is for everyone, especially in the InvestTalk community. And we really appreciate that. So please tell your uh, all your friends and family. And you can follow us on social media. You can. Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. And be sure to like and tag us, if you would. InvestTalk with two Ts. No spaces in between. InvestTalk. We're going into a short break. Hang on, or even better, call InvestTalk at 888-99-CHART. Paul from San Francisco, you're next. And the issue here is that the prices just run away from the fundamentals. Got a question for Steve or Justin? Um, I wanted to see if you thought that that was a safer place to park the money for long term. You're the best person to ask it. 888-99-CHART eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die 
stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs. eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Now, each time I host the Invest Talk podcast, I have the satisfaction of taking caller questions and then breaking down the often complex dynamics involved. If you've never called, don't hold back. You can leave your Invest Talk questions on the 24 7 anytime listener line at 888 99Chart. 888-992-4278. Let's go talk to Paul in San Francisco. How you doing, Paul? I'm here again. Here I am. Um, we're hearing week after week about we're coming up through the limit on national debt. We're still like $32 trillion. And haven't we done that before? So two or three times. And um, what happens if we can't, uh, we, we can't do that? What happens then? Well, uh, the last time I remember that we had this problem, the market uh, and the government just right at the deadline said, uh, no, we don't have an agreement. And I don't know if you remember that. But then the market started to crash. Okay. It was starting to really go down fast. Two or three days later, the government came to an agreement. So so that was the last time. Uh, you know, you, our government does not seem to work best unless there's a crisis hanging over their head. And so, but I, I'd expect the market not to act well if they don't come to an agreement, and they probably, they probably both sides are probably aware of it, you know that this is going to be a problem. But they're all they're both trying to you know do, do what they can to get what they want. So, I don't know. I, I just don't think the market. I think you just got to be pretty darn careful. Now, also last time the market recovered pretty quickly right after the settlement. So it, you know, it's I don't I don't know if you can play that you know because you don't know what the government's going to do. They might come with an agreement that and shock us all, <laughs> you know. But but um, I don't have high hopes that they'll do that until the last minute. I really don't. Paul, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Let's go to Sam in San Francisco. Wants to talk about Amazon. Hi, Sam. Oh, hi there. Um, thanks for taking my call. Uh, Thank you. you. Uh, so I purchased Amazon uh, last year at 118, and uh, the stock went down, uh, mm-hmm. as you might know. After that, right, right. And uh, I saw yesterday it hit 118 again. Um, I was hoping to uh, to get some guidance from you. Should I stay on or should I bail now and hope it will go down again and then uh, you know buy it back? Well, get a if, lower price. if you're good, uh, you mean you want to try to trade in and out of it. That's a very difficult thing yeah. to do. Just, just let you know, it's very difficult doing that. Most people cannot do it successfully. Um, will it go back down? I'm sure it will. Um, I think it, uh, I I like Amazon. Uh, Amazon is a good, strong company. They're going to make a dollar fifty-eight this year, and then two dollars sixty-five cents a share next year. It's a hundred sixteen dollars stock, so it's not cheap. But you know, the range of the P has always been high. 42 is its low, and 294 is its high. So, um, 
You know, I think I, I think you could play that trade. It looks like the top is right around $170 to $180, and that's their, their top. Uh, it was a year ago, uh, approximately a year ago. That was the price, and it fell down to about 80 and now it's at 116 So I think it's going to trade in that range uh, maybe for a while. Uh, and right now it's on an upstroke. I mean, the last couple of months it's been rising, the last few months it's been rising pretty well. Um, so... Yeah, you could play that game, but it's going to be difficult. Just know that it's very difficult to trade stocks that way. So uh, you got to use some. If you're going to do that, you probably want to use some technical analysis to help you. That's charting. You know, when it breaks a support and resistant levels, buy and sell using moving averages. There's different methods of doing that to try to tell you when to get in, when to get out. But that's difficult too. It takes practice. But good luck with it. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Sam. Appreciate the call. Let's go to Taylor in Philadelphia. How you doing, Taylor? Hey, Steve. How's it going? Good. You want to talk about Goodyear Tire? Yeah, I was talking about Goodyear Tire. Um, they received some sort of uh, advice uh, earlier this week, last week, uh, and the stock popped like you know, ten, twenty percent. Uh, I'm a owner of it, and I just I don't think anything has changed with the underlying business. I just don't know. Does this change the trajectory of the stock? Is this something I should sell into because I got a nice little pop on it, or how do I interpret this? Well, I'd probably sell into it. Uh, uh, Goodyear Tire, they've never had uh, uh, a very high P.E. range. It's a good, solid business, but they don't pay a dividend, and that bothers me. It's a $3.9 billion company, so it's a mid-cap company, manufactured tires, rubber-related chemicals for transportation, industrial markets. It's going to make $0.97 this year, but it made $1.30 last year. Next year, it's going to make $1.69, so it's going to rebound next year. Sales have been still rising, but they're rising slower than they were. A year ago, sales were up 31%. Then nine months eight are up 8%. Six months ago, 6, 6%. And three months ago, it was up 1%. So sales are still rising, but the trajectory is it's probably going to sell. I would sell into this rally. I'm not a big fan of Goodyear. I don't know if there's a big... There's no catalyst for it to really do well, in my opinion. So, just not just not a stock I like. Therefore, I would recommend selling into this pop. Good luck, Taylor. All right, sounds good. Okay, that's GT Goodyear Tire and Rubber, everybody. Uh, the KPP Premium Newsletter was finished today, and it will be distributed to subscribers tomorrow morning. And I have a little review for you. In the market conditions sections, there's four sections. The first one is the market conditions sections. We explained that the S&P 500 was attempting to reach its highest close of the year today as the market digested both the news about an impasse in the debt ceiling negotiations and softening Fed language about raising interest rates. Fed Chairman Jerome Powell who was given a scheduled speech on monetary policy day, walked back from hawkish language that his Fed colleagues had been using earlier in the week. With some voting members at the Fed alluded, alluding to the a possibility of another rate hike or at the next meeting, Powell responded by saying that he believed that the risk of doing too much versus too little becomes more balanced making it so the Fed can afford to look at data and make careful assessments. So from meeting to meeting, they're going to, you know, 
Chairman Powell saying from meeting to meeting they're going to make independent decisions then, not and therefore not saying that we're just going to be on a more uh, raising trajectory of the rates. So remember, they only control the overnight rate, but that influences all other rates. So I thought that was an interesting speech he was given. Okay. Um, after two days gain on the back of optimism surrounding the deal on the destiny, the SP5 was trading down midday, midway through the trading day today. And the news broke that GOP negotiations had walked out of the talks in the White House. So, still, while answering questions from the press on Thursday, Speaker McCarthy suggested that he believes a deal could be reached as soon as next week. So, after a bullish four days of performance, primarily being driven by tech names, the week seems to be ending on a mixed note, kind of on a weaker side today. And, of course, there's more in the newsletter in that first section. So, in the stock ideas section, a midstream energy company, one that we just talked about earlier, something like that, uh, owns and operates a vast network of pipelines and facilities enabling the transportation storage of natural gas, natural gas liquids, and oil. This strategic position allows the company to benefit from the growing demand for clean energy sources and the increasing need to, for infrastructure to support energy transportation. You know, everybody's uh, complains, a lot of people complain about new pipelines and, you know, we don't need new pipelines. And in fact, we do need new pipelines. And we need more than we have now. Our infrastructure is getting very old. We need to replace old stuff. The company has a solid track record of paying dividends, consistently making an appealing choice for income-oriented investors. By having multiple sources of revenue, the company can potentially weather industry-specific headwinds. And that is, a, you know, that is a problem with these energy transportation companies. Uh, pretty volatile sometimes. Okay? We name names in the newsletter, of course. I've given you a sample teaser of the latest KPP Premium Newsletter. Subscribers receive the full edition via email each Saturday, and they also get the Portfolio and Consumer Watch sections. Okay, so you can learn more and subscribe anytime you want at investtalk.com. Okay, let's go to another caller. Let's go to James in New York. Hi, James. Hi, how are you doing today? Good. Thank you for the call. Thank you. Uh, I wanted to ask about uh, Devon Energy, DVN, and I'm thinking about uh, taking a position in it. Um, I don't know if it's a good value at these levels. I know they cut their dividend. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. But uh, would you advise uh, these levels being good to purchase? Actually, I like Devon Energy. Uh, Devon, DVN, Devon Energy, uh, engaged in exploration production of oil, gas, and natural gas in the United States and Canada. Okay, um, it is going to make... Okay, in 2022, it made $8.31. It had a great year, best year ever. This year, they're going to make $6.24 per share. And that's the second best year ever. Next year, it's going to go up to $6.80. That'll be the second best year. And they're paying a nice dividend. It's a $49 stock, going to make $6.80. So that tells you right off the bat that it's very much sub- 10 PE. It's more like uh, 8, an 8 PE. Five-year range is 5 to 151, the PE range, 5. That's the lowest it's been. And they pay about a 9% dividend, but they, as you mentioned, a cut dividend. 
Return on equity is very healthy at 54%. Debt is not too bad at 55%. Management owns 1%. Mutual funds uh, have been slowly selling this last year, and the stock has been coming off because of it, coming off its high. It's got about, got, got about what, $75, $80 a share, and here it is now, 49 So the question is, is this a good value? I think it's a very good value at this state. Is sales growth still growing? Well, uh, the v- price of the nat- natural gas and oil have become down a little bit, and so their sales looks like they've fallen. But you know, the unit volume hasn't gone down. In other words, they're selling more product, just at less, and when they're you know they're, they're just at less uh, less cost per whatever unit you're talking about. So I kind of like it. I like it because if you buy it for the dividend, you want to buy it when it's kind of on the, uh, uh, a good value. Could it become more of a value play? Sure. So maybe, let me take a look, look at a chart, another different kind of chart. See what I think on the chart, if this is a good place to pick it up. Yeah. See, I think this is a good place to pick it up. I do. So I release, you know, it's... It's in the last couple of years, when it gets to, to the $49 to $55, it seems to find support and bounce up. So I think it'll probably do it again. Okay? Thanks for the call. Appreciate it, James. Appreciate it. Well, Justin Klein and I have been telling you for a while now that we are in a new market environment, and cycles are a natural part of almost all everyday life, and it certainly is part of the stock market and economic reality cycles there always are cycles and some people study these cycles and they make a living out of you know using cycles to try to invest it's not easy but it's done right now we're not we're not in a bull phase of the market we're probably still in our bear market phase market really hasn't done much this year at all Uh, and i we told you at the beginning of the year we told you at the end of last year that this year probably won't be that good of a year but I've been saying that I think we might have a better end of the year than the beginning of the year. So I'm not saying we're going to have a huge rally or anything, but I think it's going to look better going forward toward the end of the year. So I still think that fits. Serious investors know that these things happen. and But you've got to adjust for the times, and, and your strategies have to change. They don't have to be dramatically changed, but you, you do have to adjust your thinking and Sometimes your portfolio, you adjust it for you know, your risk tolerance and how old you are and whether or not you're able to take more risk or less risk. You know, those kinds of things are what come into play. And hopefully you know how to manage that. I mean, that's one of the things we try to teach on this show is you know, how to take risk and what parts of the market and cycle of the market are we in and all those things. It's very important. If you need help, professional help, that's what KPP Financial is, our firm. We're located in Orange County in Irvine, California. Orange County is between L.A. and San Diego counties. And just to let you know, we operate with a philosophy of independent thinking, shared success, and we, we always we implement this by providing unbiased guidance. Even if you don't hire us, we still will provide that guidance. Uh, we practice parallel investing, meaning we buy and sell the same things for ourselves we do for our clients. Okay, we have different investment strategies from very risky to not very risky. It depends on what you're looking for. We have five different strategies, basically. And if you want us to take a look at your portfolio and give you a portfolio review and assessment, we'd be happy to do that. 
We can do it via telephone, Skype, go to meetings. We'll be happy. Want to do it. We want to do it. Just go. Just send us a message through investtalk.com saying you want, to, you want to do that, and we'll be happy to give you a call. We'll call you to set up a meeting, okay? I think after speaking with us, you'll find out we're a bit different because we're, we're trying to be as frank and honest. We don't try to talk into anything. We don't sell products to make commissions. We don't do, we don't do that, okay? So let us help you. We want to help you. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. We have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. And our work will continue after this break. So get your questions in now, 888-99-CHART. Got a question for Steve or Justin? Hi, uh, this is Rick from Hawaii. What are your thoughts on writing put options? My wife has a rollover 401k from a previous employer. What's your question? And I'm just wondering how you're able to predict these market reversals. Right now, they've been under pressure. I think that that buying opportunity is being set up. IPOs are there for the vast majority of them to extract capital, extract money from the novice individual investor. Here's Ken in Texas. Hey, Steve, I got a lazy boy recliner that uh-huh. I love and my wife loves. Do you own it or looking to buy it? And my son makes fun of me for buying because I'm 70 years <laughs> old. But now is a good time to call Invest Talk. I listen every day. 888-99-CHART. No two portfolios are alike. And every investor has a unique set of circumstances. So don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Hello, InvestTalk. This is Jim down in Miami, Florida. I'm calling today with a question about TechnoGlass, ticker symbol TGLS. This is a small cap company. I've been screening for small caps at Room to Run. And this one has the moving average going in the right direction. It pays a small dividend, but it seems like it has plenty of room to grow that dividend in the future. Recently, they had an exchange of shares that I don't think increased the share count, but the stock dropped about five bucks. And uh, it, I'm just calling to see if this is a good entry point and if you think this is a promising company for the future. Uh, look forward to listening to your comments. Thank you very much. Okay, this is a uh, Technoglass, symbol TGLS, manufactures tempered safety, laminated, and thermoacoustic glass for commercial and residential buildings. They're out of the headquarters is Columbia. Okay, so they're a foreign company. Uh, um, They're going to make $4.13 this year and $4.54 next year. It's a $43.97 stock. So it's what, 11 PE. The range is 3 to 24, so it's kind of in the middle. Return to equity is 53%. Raymond James maintains a strong buy. They have a top-range price target of uh, $52, $53 a share, and it's at 43 So that's a good 20% rise. That's what they think. Sales are very strong. Last quarter, which was March quarter, uh, up 51%. Now, the question is, is... You know, what is the economic outlook going forward appear? Return on equity, as I said, is very good at 53. Mutual funds are buyers. Uh, and so a lot, of, a lot of professionals think this is a great stock to own. Problem is, it's been rising steadily since, I don't know, September of a year ago. 
at some point, it's going to stop rising. And, it, you know, it's starting to get more volatile. If you look at a chart, you can see its swings are getting bigger up and down. And the volume has increased both on the up and down moves. So it's getting more risky is what I'm telling you. At this point, it's getting more risky. Still, if Raymond James is right, it's got 20% more to run. TGLS. I, 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 for me, I wouldn't do it. $2 billion company. Um, I don't like the environment we're in. Just That's just me. Okay. Um, Powell. Chairman Powell, I'd mentioned today, uh, says meeting to meeting as far as raising rates. So the next meeting's coming up. Do you realize that we are at the currently, uh, the Fed fund rate is the highest spend in 16 years? And what I found interesting during his speech, and piece that now Monon was talking about, the Federal Reserve still has a target of 2% inflation. 2%. And do you realize the U.S. long-term inflation rate is like 3.3%. So the Fed's target is less than the long-term average that we have here in the United States. So... I don't know. I just think they should get more realistic. I think inflation is going to stay in the 4 to 5 percent, and it'd be difficult to get it under 4. But we'll see. Travel demand remains very strong, according to Expedia CEO and also American Airlines CEO. They both say prices are going to still be high because demand is still very high. So those people, you guys who are traveling for the summer, expect high prices not going to come down. It just isn't. Um, Buff, uh, Warren Buffett's top 10 holdings. Let's see if I can get to those. Uh, uh, we'll start with the 10th Go and go all the way to the 1st, the number 1. Hewitt Packer, Activision Blizzard, Moody's Corporation, Kraft, Occidental Petroleum, okay, and um, uh, Coca-Cola, Chevron, American Express, Bank of America, and the number one is Apple. Have $151 billion in Apple. 46.4% of his portfolio is in Apple. One stock. Very highly concentrated portfolio. I mean, Apple's a great company. I like it. I, we, I own it. I, I'm, I'm going to hold on to it. But it's a pretty heavy concentration. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening. And, of course, we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads. And you can get your downloads anytime at iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And as I've always said, if you do download it from iTunes, please give us a review and rate us. We would appreciate that. And remember to follow us on Investop on social media. Investop, two T's, Investop. Independent thinking, share success. This is InvestTalk. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. InvestTalk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor firm which retains all rights. 
For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein is chief executive officer of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial. Thank you for listening. And your comments and questions are welcome on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.